So, like, thanks to viewers like you and SassyGamers.com, Bar Rock Cafe can exist, I guess. So, like, you can find links to Sassy Gamers, our Patreon and social media stuff in the show notes. Just click. Thanks. Alright, welcome everybody to a very special episode of Bar Rock Cafe. This is going to be episode 14 and a half. We are having a special crossover episode where we borrow a cast member from Agents of Damned. Her name is Christina, and I will give her a chance to introduce herself and the character. Hi everyone, I'm Christina, and I will be playing Winterra Dark Knight. I'm usually from Agents of Damned, but somehow I ended up here in Waterdeep, so we'll see. Alright, so, we still have most of our regular cast. Unfortunately, our lovable cleric of the Raven Queen is not here tonight. Happy going to be guest starring over on Agents of Damned, so please go ahead and give them a listen as well. I have no idea what their DM is planning for my character, and he has no idea what I'm going to subject Montero to, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Last time on Bard Rock Cafe, we had some really wild events going on at the Bard Off. There was a competition, there was a deck of many things to draw, Brock had a, a, a fiddle contest with Avatar of Death, because of course he did, and he won. And after collecting the money and everybody going their separate ways and going to bed, you all have very fitful dreams. And then, three of you wake up in a very unfamiliar place. The ground is soft and spongy. You hear the wind howling around you. And situated with you is an unfamiliar face. Brock armbar, and rook, you all wake up somewhere you don't know where you are. And you see, laying beside all of you, is Wintera, with no context as to how you got here, or who this is. So, is also awake at this point, right? Oh yeah. Everybody is snapping awake at the same time. Like, you all feel like you just fell out of bed and you woke up mid-fall. Okay. So... To clarify, Wintera is a long-tooth shifter with bear ears on her head instead of regular human ears. Uh, and she has short, very messy brown hair. Like, you would assume that she just woke up anyway, but that's just what her hair looks like. And she's also about five foot four with fur covering her body. Like, she looks like the closest thing to a cross between a human and a bear. Like, she does not look that humanoid. Okay. <laughs> but she's going to kind of grizzly herself awake and look around and be like you're not Arlo you're not safe I don't none none of you look familiar to me I don't I don't know who you are or where I am she says looking around and gathering that this place is definitely not the damned HQ Rook is confused by this person but is going to take a look at her surroundings. Where are we? As you take a look around, like I said, the ground isn't dirt. It actually looks like you're standing on, like, a deep burgundy sponge. Ew. That just (laughs) extends off far in every direction. It's just mountains and valleys that are just spongy. Like, off in the distance, you see, like, this towering mushroom-looking type thing. And as you kind of keep looking around, you do notice, kind of down a ways into a valley, there is a large 
looks like a stone-crafted structure in the middle of all this alien terrain. And you see a hunched figure making its way up the hill towards where you guys are. But it is still a ways off. I'm going to stay looking at the figure coming towards us. Who even are you people? When Tara is like kind of demanding and her ears are in a very defensive stance. So Brock does see the figure approaching, but sees they're not coming that fast. And he just very quickly says, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Brock Song. These are my friends, Rook and Armbar. We also just woke up here for the first time. So if we just get your name, I think it'd be in our best interest to all work together. When Tara is what they call me. Uh, nice to meet you, Wintera. He offers her a handshake. She cautiously takes it as though handshakes are still very new to her. He notes that, and he just thinks to himself, Oh, she's freaked out by the fact I'm a blue Kalish star. Boss, where are we? This is a foreign land I've never experienced. Search me. Oh, great. What do we do? And who's that coming up the hill? Brock's gonna, like, walk over the hill like, Hello, uh, who are you? You hear an old woman respond, Hello! I'm on the way! Help is on the way, dear! <laughs> Granny? Grandma okay. Armbar? That sounds about right. For whatever is going on. That sounds legit. Can Brock roll insight to see whether or not this woman is a danger to him and he's not aware to it? Sure. That is a 15 plus 2, so 17. Having no context for anything that's happening to you right now. What a 17 will get you is that it is very odd that there is a hunched over hooded old lady in the middle of this very alien place. So obviously something is not normal about any of this. But you really have no way of knowing what's going on with her. You have no center of gravity right now. You're just, you don't know what's going on. You said the ground was spongy. Is it like bouncy spongy or is it just like mossy spongy? Bouncy. Like rubbery. Almost. Is it like biological or synthetic? You're not sure. Oh. Is there something Hmm. you would like to do to test that? I was going to either jump on it or eat it. I wasn't (laughs) sure which yet. (laughs) How are you at con safes? (laughs) Eh? I mean, I guess I can poke it more fiercely, try to tear it, like, tear a piece of it out or something. Okay. Is that an investigation? Sure, roll investigation. I'll give you that one. Oh, oh no. I'm dying right oh, now. No. Oh, It's going to kill me. Second roll of the night, everybody. Yeah, what you got for investigation? I got six total because I rolled a natural one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm looking at it, too. Yeah. You know the drill. I can't believe this. I cannot believe it. 44 and 68. Evens or odds? Oh, jeez. Um, odds. Okay. Heads is odds. You feel a little bit healthier. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> From viciously poking. You get the sense that any diseases that you have right now are cured. Not sure if Rook is sick, but she's not anymore. That's good. She also, gained five temporary hit points. Sick. What? Nice. I want to stab the earth. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to? <laughs> sure. Just like, gee, you look a lot better after doing that. Maybe was it really relaxing? Yeah, I guess so. Well, I'm gonna give it a try. 
I'm gonna pull out my great axe and start swinging at it and chopping it up. I was about to say, just roll. No, roll an attack. Let's let's see where. Roll an attack. Yeah. Twelve. Okay. I mean, you're pretty strong, right? So it's not like you're just swinging poorly. You your axe goes pretty far into the sponge, and it does just sort of split like you would expect a sponge to, right? Okay. Is there anything down in the at the bottom of the blade, like where the blade made contact? Pull your axe out. Yeah. Axe seems fine. Maybe a little cleaner. What? <laughs> <laughs> All the dried blood's gone. Ooh! Gonna have to chop something up again. That's unfortunate. Tell me about it. That's the best part of a weapon. What's the point of having a weapon if it doesn't have dried blood? Exactly. You can't threaten people as well with that. You know, I like <laughs> this one. sanitary. I like this grizzly being. Where are you supposed to be again? What do you mean? What are you? I've never seen anything like you. Some kind of panda or something? What do you call you? Panda? Oh, oh, no, I'm... They call me... Oh, what was it they call me? Um, I believe people call me a shifter. A long-tooth shifter. And she shows off her teeth that are particularly big. Wow. Those are very big teeth you have. Do a lot of crunching. Thank you. I'm very proud of them. They're the biggest in my family. Cool. Boy, I want those teeth. You have to keep drinking more Ovaltine. Ovaltine? Uh, Ovaltine is a special dairy drink that we serve at my cafe. If we ever get back there, I'll get you a glass. Is a cafe like like a bar? Right, it's, it's a tavern. It's uh, called the Bard Rock Cafe. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's the best in town. There's a there's a random lady getting closer to us. Are are we are we all okay with that? Are we planning on on dealing with that or? Yeah, I think like she she's indicating she means to help us, so I think we just tentatively go along with it. Okay, I'm watching her. Well, she is kind of slow, so maybe we should walk towards her. She's actually doing okay. The thing about having like spongy ground is you're able to get a grip on it, so she's just kind of climbing her way up the side of this hill. It's, it's not the most graceful thing you've ever seen, but she's getting pretty close. She's about to, you guys. Should we, like, throw her a rope? I mean, I think if we just walk a little fast, we can probably meet her the rest of the way. Oh, okay, it's a, more of a gradual incline hill. The way Kenny described her climbing, I was imagining almost like a cliff made of <laughs> yeah, <me> too. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be fine. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> yeah, no, let's, we walk over to her, unless everyone ejects. I think we just walk over. Okay. So you guys get to her, and like, no, the hill is not that steep, right? But she is like down on all fours, like grabbing onto the sponge and like making her way up because it is not even or steady terrain. It is spongy. So she stands up, kind of plants her, her walking stick in the in the sponge a little bit and uses it to stabilize herself. She says, hello! Hello, pleasure to meet you. Rock song. Oh, my name's Jenny. What can you tell us about this place, Jenny? When Darius is going to look at you guys, like, does that name mean anything to any of you? No. <laughs> Rock shrugs. Okay. Oh, well, my name is Jenny Greenteeth, and she smiles and all her teeth are green. Holy cow. You ever heard of baking soda? <laughs> baking soda. I I have. Well, you know, there's, there's not a lot to eat here. Where is here? Oh, well, you're on one of the levels of Pandemonium, the Plane of Chaos. Wow. Doesn't... That sounds fun. Oh, it is. You stay here long enough, you'll probably go a little crazy. Not me, though. I'm fine. Listen, she points down the hill. My master is in that castle, and he has a job for you. Will that job get us home? Oh, yes. 
he's why you're here in the first place. Oh, okay. So we definitely should see him and find out why all of us don't know each other. Well, it seems like you three know each other and that I'm here and not where I should be. Oh, yes. Sorry, dear. You're what we call leverage. Apologies. Leverage? Now, follow me. She, like, doesn't even <laughs> respond to leverage. Like, you're, she's just making her way back down the hill. You, you can't tell if Wintera knows what that word means, but you can tell she did not like the way that this person said the word. I guess you're just gonna have to go and find out. Come along with us if you want. I mean, I have to get back, so yeah, obviously. We'll get to the bottom of it. So you see this lady take a jump and then, like, bounce off the side of the hill like a trampoline, and then is just bounding her way back down the hill. Why do I feel like she moved faster that way than coming towards us? It makes sense she was going uphill before. Uh, Brock attempts to do a forward flip using the sponginess. Roll an acrobatics check. I'm really hoping it would be performance somehow. That is a 19 plus 322. Okay. You go forward flip, and you sense that, yes, the ground is spongy. But as you're doing this forward flip, it's almost like the ground itself is responding to your desire to do a forward flip. So it bounces you forward, and it's a very, very graceful forward flip, and you land safe. When Tara sees this and immediately narrows her eyes, like, I bet I can do that better. And then she's going to try the same thing. <laughs> Roll an acrobatics check. Probably not as good. Yeah, that was only a 16. 16? Probably better. You do bound down the hill. Gracefully. I don't feel bad. I took an elective in gymnastics at the Bard College. Well, Rook, <laughs> are we walking or are we bounding? I'm going to try and do one of those really neat dive rolls. You know what I mean? Oh. Let's see it! Alright, so Rook's gonna try one of those neat die rolls. Alright, roll an acrobatics check. Alrighty. I rolled a 15 total. Okay, you take a swan dive, trying to do that, that leap forward to do a, a forward roll. Mm-hmm. And you watch as the ground kind of pulls back just a little bit. Like, not back from you, but back horizontally like a slingshot. Huh. And then as you get close, you, you start to tuck and roll. It launches you forward, and you bound forward down the hill. Cool. Armbar, how are you descending this hill? Hulk jump, Hulk jump, Hulk jump! <laughs> I think I'm going to try to kind of do, like, the double jump that you do when you, like, jump right next to somebody on a trampoline, and then they get all higher. So I'm, like, going to try to do that with with Rook. Okay. <laughs> to make her jump higher. <laughs> so, I love it. Sure enough, you do the... The, the break the egg thing, right? Yeah. Your cannonball, and you slam down on the spongy ground. And it gives... Well, go ahead. Roll me an athletics check for this one. Because you're athletics. trying to launch Rook. A ten. I'm sad. Okay. Yeah, me too. <laughs> if I had an advantage, it would be a natural 20. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I can't give you advantage for nothing. I can't. <laughs> I'll burn my bardic inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> So, it sort of works, but the ground doesn't seem to respond as much to you. You sink into it a little bit, and then it bounces you back up like a trampoline, but the bounce isn't like what you had in your mind. Alright. And you don't see Rook launch forward like you wanted. Armbar's just looking upset, like, just, like, frustrated that he couldn't pull his prank. No, Armbar, you need to bend your legs more. (laughs) Rock shows him the proper jumping technique. (laughs) Thanks, boss. I'll take that in consideration next time. Are you actually doing this, prop? Of course. Oh, yeah. Well, athletics. Let's see it. It's a 12. I don't know why I clicked for that one. 
you you don't noticeably do any better than Armbar did. <laughs> mm. <sighs> Maybe I should listen to you. I did it somewhat better. <laughs> no, like this. And I'm gonna do it back. <laughs> All right. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's do the last one. Let's see it. Damn! <laughs> I got a nine. Okay, what? What roll? You rolled a three and a two. It's time to stop. Oh man! I, I, I need think... you to launch somebody in the air, and you're just not doing. it. I'm not doing it. It's not happening. I just bested Tyler something. He is literally more than ten times better than me at because I have a plus zero, and he has a plus seven. Yep. <laughs> When, when Tara's watching them very curiously and out of her bag, she pulls what you guys would know is like a canned drink and she just kind of like pops it open and starts drinking out of it. <laughs> she, she does not, she does not understand that this is a canned drink that she has gotten from Dam that ended up in her bag, but she knows that it is a drink. And so she is drinking it. Okay. What, what are the contents of this drink? It is just like, it's like a sparkling water. It doesn't do anything. It is just a drink. <laughs> can I roll, like, history to see if Brock knows what a can is that exists in our version of Faerun? Sure. That is a 19 plus 4 for 23. I mean, it's not common, but there are some artifices that have been toying with this kind of idea. Oh my gosh, that is so peculiar. Where did you get that? Oh, it was just on the base that I stay at for work. They just have these in the cafeteria area. I think that's the word they use for it. Where do they keep the food? Huh. Oh, is that why they call it a cafe? Is it short for cafeteria? Yes, exactly. That makes sense. Okay. I'm from a cave in the forest. There's a lot of words I still don't know. Armbar, you're getting the same energy from this as you get from I've learned the letter B. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I can't read. I can only I only know up to the letter B. Bees for bat, and bear, and bug, and beer! Mm. Yay, beer! Yay, beer. You guys make your way down the hill, and the old lady, while enjoying the the terrain, does let you guys keep up. You make your way into this castle, and the minute you step on the stone architecture, it feels very solid and familiar. You make your way into a very large, ornate grand hall. It seems to have been falling into disrepair. Sitting at the far end is a throne room with several chains running to it from all across that side of the throne room. Sitting there is a man. Are the chains attached to the man? Oh yeah, he is chained to this throne. That's not usually a good sign. He does spread his arms wide and the chains all rattle as he does so and he says, Welcome! Welcome to my domain. I'm so glad you came here. Sorry I didn't give you a choice in the matter, but you're here now, and I have a job for you. But, like, what's your name? Oh, my name's Siren. Roll a religion check. All of us are just Rook? All of you. Oh, they ain't gonna okay. do much for me. <laughs> they rolled a 7. <laughs> I have 16 plus 2, 18. Okay. Yeah, I have just 16. So when Terra and Brock, since Rook and Armbar hold just absolutely terrible. Yep. The two of you recognize Sirik immediately. He is the god of trickery. Brock's like, I swear, I just yesterday I was trying to find a god of chaos and I couldn't find one, but I guess I didn't ask specifically enough. Well, here you are. I like to please. Well, no I don't. That's a lie. Anyway, listen. You have this very interesting obelisk in your basement, and honestly, the last time all of this started happening, I was the one responsible and it was a great time. But this time, 
I'm stuck to this chair, and I don't like it. I want to leave, I want to go frolic in all the chaos that's about to happen, and I'm stuck here, and I could use your help. So I brought you here to demand a favor. I'd say ask, but honestly, you're stuck here. Okay. Well, I know a stern negotiation when I hear one. Let's hear it. Alright, well, as you can see, your good friend Epi has been replaced by Wintera. Wintera, hello. Welcome to a very wild and strange experience. You'll be returned home as soon as I get what I need. I see. Have you, have you been watching me? Is that why you know my name? That's really weird. That's kind of creepy. Oh, I don't do that just for you. I watch everyone while they sleep and while they're awake. That's very creepy. I, I stand by that statement. Oh my god, he's Santa Claus. Something like that. Oh, I always wanted to be Santa. You people from this city have very strange things that you say I don't understand. Sirik looks at you, Armbar, and he's like, Well, you've met him now. What would you like? Do you have a wish? A cup of coffee <laughs> with cream! He snaps his finger and you immediately have coffee with cream. Oh, thank the Lord or God. If that's how you would want to be referred to. And he does that anime flick of his hair back and he's like, You're welcome. I like you. You're going to be just fine. So listen, here's the deal. There is in Waterdeep somewhere. Don't know where. Haven't been able to check myself. I've been, as you can see, chained to a chair. There's a single iron key. Now, I haven't been able to poke around at all because there's been this barrier, this binding, between my realm and mortal realm. But... Somebody recently poked a hole in that barrier. Now you call Brock to your god, but I found a chance to slip through, and here we are. Now that hole's closing really quickly, so here's the deal. You have exactly one day to find this iron key. And if you find this iron key, I will return Winterra where she came from, and Epi will come back here, and all will be well. And if we don't? Why can't you just break the chain? That too. I'll tell you what, Armbar. If you manage to break one of these chains, I'll get you anything you want. I will make you one of my chosen. I'll do so much for you, you will not have to struggle again in your life. Go ahead, give it a swing. I want to see what happens. Alright. Oh boy. Alright, we're going to hit this thing with a great axe. Roll the attack. 26. Okay. And it breaks, and we go home. <laughs> <laughs> you swing your great axe, and the chain shatters your great axe the minute you hit it. No, my grandmother gave me this great axe. Oh, don't worry about it. He waves his hand and your great axe is whole again. These are some very specific chains. They were forged by Helm and Mordadin. Now, a dwarven god is a hell of a smith, and I can't break these things for the life of me. And I've put a lot of effort into them because, you know, I don't have a whole lot of other distractions here. Well, I've come to the decision that I can't break them. I figured you could try. You never know. But it didn't work out. Here we are. So, one day, you have one day. Find me that iron key. We're gonna get you out of this. Can I ask you for a little mm. something extra? For doing this for you, just it's a very small thing. You're the first god anyone's been able to talk to for a week where we come from. Yeah, I know. Fun, isn't it? Do you know how Ao remade the Tablets of Fate? Do I know? Yes. Do you know how he did it? No, I'm not really in the business of making things. Last time I was the one that destroyed them. That's why I thought you might know how they were remade. No, breaking things is a lot easier. I've found. Making them, especially something that, you know, controls the fate of the universe, not so easy. So we let you go after we find this key, and then what do you do? I go have fun. Get to play. What does that mean? Listen, imagine you're watching the end of the world, and you're stuck in a chair. That doesn't sound a whole lot of fun, does it? Guess not. 
I want to go do literally anything else besides sit in this fucking chair. But will you make the end of the world worse? Because I can't let you go if that's going to happen. I will absolutely not do that. Can I roll insight to see if he's lying? You can absolutely roll insight to see if he's lying. Oh, so close. All right, that's a 25. So you're from the forest. Yes. And you know a trapped animal when you see one. He's got his back to the wall. He's in the corner. He doesn't have many options. He will say or do just about anything. Do gods of trickery make deals often? Uh, I mean, we do. From time to time. What happens if you break the deal? I mean, what kind of deal do you want to make? Do you want to make, like, a pact? Because I can make a pact with you. I'll do that all day long. Pacts are fun. More of a promise that when we find this key, because I plan on going home, and she kind of says that a little threateningly, you won't do anything to cause more harm. Well, how about this? Ginny here. Ginny's my loyal servant. Now, Ginny will hold me accountable. I will make sure to not cause any trouble in your world at all. Question for you. Are we from the same world as Winterra? Now, that is a really complicated question. Uh, the short answer is yes. So you won't cause any trouble in my world either, then? Uh, also yes. Listen, what's not to trust with this guy? He got me a cup of coffee. He's a nice guy. I agree with Armbar. He seems like he's got a good head on his shoulder. Yeah. Armbar, I like you. We would get along great. If I get out of here, I'll take you out for tea and crumpets. Sounds perfect. Like a tea. I bet the tea is watered down and gross. Just add more cream to it. The cream will rise. Here, can we compromise and you go to Celestia if we free you? <laughs> you think they'll let me in there? I think that they can't get out, so sending you in can't make things worse for them than it already is. And I'm sure you'd rather see them suffer for what they did to you. Now that is an interesting proposition. Okay, so here's the thing, right? So if I go to Celestia, the thing is, I'm, I'm pretty tough. I'm a god, but like, so are they, right? And there's a lot of them and there's one of me. So how about instead you send me somewhere a little too tidy? You send me to Mechanus, so I can just mess things up there, and you got yourself a deep. Does Brock know what that is? Yeah, I don't think roll. Quintero would know what that is. I'm not even going to <laughs> Brock, specifically Brock, roll an Arcana check. That is 15 plus 2, so 17. Okay, so you don't know a ton, right? But, like, you've at least been to college, so you know, like, there are different planes of existence. Mechanus is the plane of absolute order and the absolute opposite of pandemonium where you are now. The God of Chaos is asking to be sent to the place where absolute order is. You know, that actually sounds fine. Sounds fun, actually. Wonderful. I can't wait. So, one day, because that's all we can do. We only have one day before the portal closes. Right? You only poked a hole big enough for one day, so I can only give you one day. So you have one day to find this iron key. Where is it? I don't know. Water deep somewhere. Other than being iron, what else does it look like? Well, it kind of holds up one of the shackles and there's a big lock on it. It goes here. It's probably got like a bunch of ornate carvings and dwarven stuff on it because it was more than that made it. And that's just, you know, dwarves are very gaudy like that. And uh, also probably very heavily guarded. You know, I don't know how you would ask about this, but it's the chains that hold me here. You know, I'm Siric, god of chaos, god of trickery. Probably if you ask about that, they'll know what you're talking about, but probably won't tell you. I don't know. Sounds like a you problem and not a me problem. I actually might know a guy who might know some stuff, but... See, I knew I picked the right guy. Not that I could pick anyone else at all in the world, because you're the only one that poked the hole in the berry. I've seen plenty of locks. Let me take a look and see if there's anything particularly noticeable about his the lock on his chains. Sure. 
Oh my gosh, Rook, Rook picks the block the adventure ends. <laughs> <laughs> Above game, you do not have a better lockpicking modifier than the God of Truth. Uh, go ahead and roll investigation. <laughs> I got an 11 total. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, there's... best you can see is that it's very ornately carved at an end. Okay, it's a thing. Which is odd, because the key is supposed to be iron. These chains you're in are made of metal, are they not? Yes. Why? So, out of curiosity, what happens if we decide that we don't want to help you? We just kill you instead. Oh, go ahead. Kill me. He kind of just leans his head back and, like, shows you his neck. That's not what I mean. You're in metal chains. It would be slow. It wouldn't be fun. I want to go home. But I don't want this world to endure more chaos and destruction than it's already been put through. I don't know what these people are going through on their side of the world, but I know what I'm going through, and I can't let you have that happen. So whatever happens after we find that key, I need something to know you're going to stick to that word. And she's being very threatening, and she's threatening him with heat metal right now. Okay, are you actually casting it? She has, like, the magic pulled up in her hand as, like, a verbal, I'm not afraid to do this. Go ahead and roll intimidation. Okay. That's a good side, but that's a side. That's a... That's ultimately a 26 on a 20. Okay. Go ahead and roll me 2d100s, please. 75 and 72. All right. I'm so worried. Okay. <laughs> so these are both bad outcomes. Oh, no. Which one would you like? 75. I like the number 5. You cannot smell or taste anything all of a sudden. And you, you feel like you are the most intimidating you have ever felt. Sirik, like, takes a step back. He's like, okay, let's not be hasty. I'll tell you what. How about... How about this? How about this? So you want to go home. It's only a day, right? One day and you're done. And in return, I will have Ginny give you some of her wares. Because Ginny, uh, you might recognize someone that she's related to. She, uh, she's a very good friend of Betty. Oh, you know Betty? Everybody knows Betty. Betty's the best. Anyway, Jenny here knows Betty. Longtime friend. Sort of a sister, but not really. Adopted, mostly. Anyway, Jenny here likes to make potions and salves. Hmm. <laughs> they're not... They're, they're not made of, of... Of fire fish, are they? I don't, I don't like those very much. No. Jenny, what are some of your potions? Jenny's like, oh, um... She pulls out a bag and, like, reaches her... It's like a little, like... When I say a bag, I mean, like, one of those little handbag things, you know? Then, like, she opens up the top and just reaches her whole arm all the way down into it and is rustling around. You hear glass clinking around in there. She pulls out a little vial of clear fluid. She's like, okay, well, this potion, see, is, uh, is an anti-magic potion. If you drink it for about a minute, anywhere that you look, in about a 15-foot cone from where you're, from where you're looking, magic just stops in that area. Really cool. And I'm happy to sell these to you. If Sirik tells me. If you help him. Okay. Really quick, like outside of character. Is she the same thing that Betty is? You don't know. I feel like she'd know whether or not she's a hag. I think that's the question. Okay, no, that's a good point. Roll. Is this a question when Tara has in character? Yes, in her brain she's also curious about this. But I'm also okay. wondering outside of character too. Roll investigation for me. Okay. I'll even say roll at advantage. Okay. No, that didn't help. That's a 10. That doesn't necessarily make your suspicions go away. But you're looking really hard at Ginny, right? 
And all you see is just this old woman in a robe. Like, just not a robe, like a hooded cloak, you know? But there's something off about her, and everything about her behavior and mannerisms reminds you of Betty. Do with that what you will. She's a little bit less intimidating on the f- surface, but she's still holding her stance. She's just like, I'm willing to help because I want to go home, and that doesn't sound like a bad outcome either. And she's looking at the other three, sort of waiting to see what they're going to say. If I may, you said you like making packs. I like making deals too. So why don't we, what would a pack of you entail if I were to, if the pact was that you have to go to the place you promised us you'd go? What can I do to bind you to that? Listen, all right. Love the energy you have right now. I'll tell you what. We can talk about that pact when you have the key in your possession, okay? Because first you got to find it, all right? Just because you find it doesn't mean you've given it to me. Just find the key and we can talk about that pact, okay? Seems fine to me. Yeah, what are you guys so worried about? Guy's a cool dude. Gave me coffee. Armbar, I give you coffee all the time, and half of me is super evil. What? It's a very long story. Kalistra, I have two souls. Mine is a bastard. I'm good. The other half of me, not so much. But the good one's in control right now. Short story. Okay. It's just that, you know, every Kalistra, we are born with a second soul. It's called a quarry spirit. Most of them are benevolent. I drew the short straw. One out of a hundred, maybe even worse chance. Uh, so... There's a part of me that gets control about 1% of the time. He is not a good guy. I am a, I am a very, very good person to make up for it. I am actually a pacifist. It'll be okay. We'll take care of it. Wonderful. All right. You have exactly one day. So, good luck. Find the key. And I'll bring you back here. Any questions? You're sure we're looking for an iron key and not an adamantine one? That is a really great question. Very logical. But unfortunately, no. Very illogical reasoning behind it. It is an iron key. Gods do weird things, okay? I'm a god of trickery and chaos. I guess they thought it was thematic. I don't know. But it's an iron key that goes in this adamantium lock. Great insight. Love it. Alright. Anything else? Rock's good. Wonderful. He snaps his fingers. And again, much like you are falling out of bed, all of you snap awake. First thing in the morning in the basement of the Bard Rock Cafe with the obelisk right there. Alright, Brock, where's my coffee then? You still have it. It is right there next to you. Thank goodness. <laughs> that is a very large rock. It is, and it seems to cause far more trouble than I thought it ever would. Is it normal in... We're, I assume we're in a city now because this is a building. Uh, is, is it normal for buildings in this city to have rocks in them? Nah. Uh, no, uh, this is a tablet of fate that fell from Celestia and destroyed my house. Uh, I can't move it. I can't get rid of it. I need to fix it because it's basically a magical time bomb. But that is a problem for tomorrow. Okay. You said that this is called... Your home is, is the Bard Rock Cafe? Is, is that... Yes. Or is that too much of a jump? No, that, my home is the Bard Rock Cafe. I am the innkeeper. I live at the inn. And so you named, cur- you named your home with a rock... And a rock landed in it, and that's not normal? <laughs> that's pretty clever. You gotta admit. Nothing about my life is normal, to be fair. You did say you're half evil, so I guess that makes sense. Do any of you know how we're supposed to find this key? I was thinking Felix. I was actually thinking we talked to Roshi about what they, where that key would be. Roshi works for a god of knowledge, so yeah. if anyone's gonna know, it'd be Roshi. That's a good shot. Let's try that first. What are we waiting for? Let's go! So as you start talking amongst yourselves, like, 
is. Peeking up above you, you see Felix. He goes, well, good morning. I don't know how you ended up in the basement. I've been here all night watching over the place, and you just popped in. Where were you? Hi. Hello, Rook. The land of chaos. Aren't we all these days? Slightly more than normal. Who's your new friend? Uh, Wintera Dark Knight, this is Felix. Felix, Wintera. Uh, Felix hops down, kind of just extends his hand as a handshake. Again, Wintera sort of like gingerly does the handshake very clumsily. Takes your hand and shakes it. You notice, for the first time, as you shake his hand, you have your smell back, as though you have taken a long rest before waking up, and you smell cats. Cats. Oh yes, I am a merchant of all things cat-related. Cat toys, cat kittens, cat cats, cat collars, cat litter boxes, anything cat-related that you need. Do you like cats? I have several. What is a what is a cat cat? It's a fully grown cat, as opposed to a baby cat, which is a kitty cat. She just looks really confused. <laughs> Man, this is first grade. No, I, I, I don't hate. Ca- I don't dislike cats, but I know someone with a cat. Oh, I should send you back with a cat. Oh, do cats get along with other cats? I promise you, mine will be just the most well-behaved kittens you've ever had. Okay, that sounds fun. Wonderful. Check back with me tomorrow, and I'll get you a cat. So about that, Felix. Would you happen to know where we're looking for something very well protected, very rare, uh, a key that could open the shackles that hold the God of Tricksters, Siric? He turns to you, it kind of has that look of like, he's about to say something, he kind of closes his mouth, opens his mouth like he's about to say something, close it again. Felix. Yes, dude. You were doing your mouth thing. I'm sorry. I just, I really should expect by this point. I really should. It's on me. So when you said you were from the land of chaos, you weren't making a dreary, exhausted statement about the state of the city these days. You were actually in Pandemonium. Yes, that's what they called it. Right. Lintera, did you come from Pandemonium? No. I woke up there. They were there. Now I'm here. I still don't really know where the full of here is. Um, the chaos god, I think, said the name Waterdeep. I don't know these places. I'm from a forest with a cave. Oh, dear. All right. Well, you are in a city called Waterdeep. These three should absolutely not be trusted. They are terrible people, but you're stuck with them, so they'll be all right. My name is Felix, and I am absolutely trustworthy. You can trust everything that comes out of my mouth. Now. <laughs> uh, Brock uses mage hand to then whap Felix upside the head. He gets whapped. He's like, ah, oh, sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Ah, uh, this. You're asking about one of the iron keys to the shackles that bind Siric to his skull throne. Yeah? I have heard rumors that one is buried here in Waterdeep, somewhere. I don't know where. It would be one of the most well-guarded secrets in the city. If you give me a while, I can probably find something for you. But that's a tall ask. We have a day to acquire it. Or I don't get to go home. Yes, we also don't get Effie back if we don't acquire it, I'm pretty sure. Ah, and now this is my problem. I really like Effie, and Effie gets me diamonds, and I like diamonds. Well, here's my thinking. Siri is a god of chaos. You could possibly check one of the temples. Yeah, like, who locked him? Maybe whoever locked him up, the key's in that temple. Okay, I like your thinking. So he was locked up by... Hell and Moradin. 
Morden is the dwarf god of smithing and just dwarves in general. I'm not really familiar with their pantheon. Helm is the god that stood watch at the gates to heaven while gods roamed the earth the last time the tablets of fate were seen. Sirik is the one that destroyed them last time, actually. So it's odd that he's asking you guys to do this. He said he was bored. I mean, that tracks. He also said I'm the only person he could summon because I, quote, opened the hole. Because I summoned my god last night during that bard off. I don't know if you were in the audience or not. Of course I was. In disguise. Blending in. But yes, I would have missed it for the world. That tracks. Okay, so you contacted your god. That let him contact you. And you have a day. Alright, well, Helm's Hall would be the best place to start, I think. It is in the southern ward, just off the left of the way of the dragon coming from here. It's not that far of a walk, actually. Maybe an hour. That's not bad. Well, I guess that's where we're going to start, then. Let's go, I guess. Alright, well, if it's all the same to you, I'm going to go check with some of my own cautions. Best of luck to you all. Um, tread carefully. I don't think they'll be too uh, forthcoming with this information, but you only have a day. Yeah. Alright. And Felix just sort of snaps his finger and he's gone. Is that normal for him? Yeah. Okay. Which actually, y'all are in front of the obelisk, so <laughs> Felix props wild magic by a roll ball. Thanks, Felix. Oh, let's see. I like this one, actually. Wintera. Mm-hmm. Armbar. Mm-hmm. The two of you trade voices. Lovely. Oh! <laughs> Great! For the next hour, or as long as it takes you to get to Helm's Hall, Wintera, you sound like Armbar, and Armbar, you sound like Wintera. I'm not going to force you to do the voices, but I know it would make me personally happy. <laughs> I'm not good at impersonations, guys. <laughs> I mean, it's a right to have someone do the Macho Man Randy Savage voice for Tyler. Someone's <laughs> gotta do it. Like, do your best Kool-Aid Man, you can do it. Is that the alternative choice, Kool-Aid Man? <laughs> it's, literally man? Just, it's literally just going, oh yeah! <laughs> hey guys! <laughs> Let's go! I love everything that's happening right now. <laughs> what are you waiting for, punks? Let's get moving! Drinking this coffee! Getting cold! So you all start making your way down the streets of Waterloo. And nothing of note really happens. It's an uneventful day. And you reach Helm's Hall, a very large stone building constructed nearly two centuries ago. It doesn't seem very temple like, actually. Uh, and as you walk up, you see children playing in the front yard. How long ago was Cyric down? Shortly after he destroyed and tried destroying the tablets, right? I would say you would probably know. Yeah, yeah history check. That's eight plus two. Okay. You would know it was at the end of the last time of Troubles when everything happened and they finally got Sirik pinned down. That was when he was bound. And Brock knows the time of Troubles is more than, it was older ago than this building. Yes. If it's buried, it's either buried in the front yard or buried under the stonework. So Brock's hoping that it's somewhere inside the building but not buried. Uh, do we see like a head priest in there or anything? Well, so as you're looking around, um, there are some priests, and there are some older children. They are all wearing blue robes. They seem to be tending to the children. Do you approach one of them, or do you just watch them go outside? Has, has it still been, is it within the hour, or is it outside of the hour? You, you can do your voice again. Okay. okay. When Tara kind of, like, quietly leans into one of them, like, is this the kind of place we should be not noticed or is 
is this fine? Are there warrior children around your city or anything we should be worried about? What, are you scared? No, I am inquiring if we should be unnoticed or if it's fine to just walk up to these places. Uh, it's fine. The temple provides services to the city. Uh, so as denizens of the city, we can walk up to them. If we want to be unnoticed going into secure parts of the temple, then maybe not. But for just coming to visit and getting some intel, we're fine. The last temple I was in was full of evil snake people, and we got attacked by a dragon. So that's why I had to ask. Uh, yeah, you're safe here. Okay. As long as we don't cause any trouble, it should be fine. Is there like a backyard to this place? Uh, yes. So the hall itself is very large. It's about two stories, and it's a very just expansive building. There are some basically like iron fencing that goes around that. So there's a gate that leads to the back, and you, it seems like it's just another big yard. There's some flower bushes and stuff like that, but yeah. Okay. If you guys want to go inside ahead of me, that's cool. I just want to see if there's anything in the backyard, because that's, you know, a place things get buried, right? So let me just take a look at that. And if anyone wants to come with me, that's cool. But Brock's actually planning on flagging down one of the priests, so that's his plan. Yeah, sounds cool. I'll go with Rook. Cool, let's go. Okay, who wants to go first? Yeah, I was only thinking I'd go first because we were already where Brock needed to be to do his thing. You guys have, like, technically time to yeah. walk where you're going, so... Yeah, totally. Go ahead. Alright. Alright, so Brock walks up to one of these priests and says, um, excuse me, sir. Uh, if you real quick, Armbar, are you staying with Brock? Yeah. Okay, so Brock and Armbar, you approach one of the clerics. It is kind of an early 40s-looking human woman. Uh, she's ushering one of the kids to go back out into the yard and play. As you approach her, she says, Oh, welcome. I don't think I know you. Uh, this is Helms Hall. What brings you here? Hello, uh, my name is Brock Song. I'm actually working on a project for the Black Staff, and uh, yesterday we were at the Temple of Ogma researching the Time of Troubles, and, well, uh, your god came up because of Cyric's role in the Time of Troubles, and I was just curious, like, what perspectives your temple could offer on that, who I might talk to. Oh, sir. Uh, well, I am just a caregiver. I could probably answer some of your questions, but you may want to just talk to the high priest inside. Alright, I'll go do that then. I, obviously, I don't want to distract you from your important work. Is there a specific person? Like, who is the high priest? Her name is Clara. Clara. Alright, fantastic. Thank you. And then Brock and Armbar make their way inside to find Clara. Through some asking around, you're able to find Clara without too much trouble. A very young-looking elven woman. She motions for you to come speak with her, and she is writing in a book. She says, well, so I understand you're here to talk to me about Cyric and Helm's role in imprisoning. Yes, I was doing some research at the Temple of Ogma about the Time of Troubles yesterday, and I know Cyric is the one who tried to destroy the Tablets of Fate before he was captured. I was just curious, like, what the story was there behind him being captured, and how they, like, how did they capture and imprison this god? Well, they didn't try. He did destroy them. That's more to the point. You're asking about how he was captured. Uh, Cyric was not punished for breaking the Tablets. That punishment was to all the gods by sending them here to the material plane, for a period of time until they found out who it was that was responsible. And it was Cyric, along with a few other chaotic deities, Mask, for example, and Baal. But Cyric, he was punished for murdering Mistra, the goddess of magic. When she died, the weave began to unravel, which was Cyric's goal. He wanted to take over her domain, and took advantage of the punishment of everyone being on the prime material plane. He killed her, but killing her 
even though she did not have access to her domain, a domain needs a god to manage it. So the weave began to come undone, wild magic came to be because of that event. And so Siric was hunted, and when it came time for everyone to be given their divine powers back, Helm, who is the Watcher, found him, defeated him in combat, and with the help of some other gods, imprisoned him, chained him to his own throne, so he would not leave his plane again. Why doesn't Siric just break the chains? Like, he's a god of tricksters, can't he pick the lock, or, like, how are these chains binding him? I don't claim to understand everything that goes on with the gods, but Moradin, the god of smiths and forging, made the chains. So I presume that he played some role in making the chains unbreakable. To my knowledge, there are nine locks that have to be undone, and I am certain it is not just the chain. There are always magical bindings involved in this, but I'm afraid that's all I know about that. So locks like with a key? Yes. Do we know of such keys? To my understanding, they were iron keys designed to unlock adamantine locks. They're being protected, right? I mean, you don't want just anybody getting their hands on these things. Oh, I have no doubt they are very well protected. Well, that's good. I believe all nine keys were scattered around the material plane before the gods had the ability to track them. And from what I understand, they were made of iron because iron defies divination. Oh, so if someone wanted to find them, like if an acolyte of Syric wanted to find it, they couldn't just cast find object to find the key. Exactly. Pretty smart. What is this project you're working on for the Black Stuff? I'm researching the Time of Troubles. Uh, long story short, there's a tablet of fate in my basement, one of the new ones, and I'm trying to learn as much as I can about the Time of Troubles to figure out how the tablets were destroyed and remade. Ah, I see. Well, I feel like I've given you some good information. That is, Helm's role in all of this. Uh, he did stand watch at the gate to heaven while the time of troubles ran its course and made sure that no gods could get back into the heavens to reclaim their powers. He did do battle with a few. He tried to power past him, and none were able. Alright, well thank you for your time. Of course. And can I just roll inside real quick to make sure this guy did not catch on to why Brock was doing that? Okay, sure. Because he seems suspicious at the end. That is a 19 plus 2 is 21. Not that suspicious. More just curious line of questioning. You know, not the weirdest thing that's ever happened. And one last question while we're on Brock and Armbar. Did we see any area that looked like it was particularly well guarded in the temple, like rooms we weren't allowed into, that kind of thing? Well, as you're looking around, there's a lot of bedrooms off the side. There's a kitchen area. You do get a peek inside the bedrooms, and you notice that there are a lot of, like, tiny twin-sized beds, bunk beds, stuff like that. You get the sense that this temple is also an orphanage. As far as your question... Nothing that you've seen so far, just coming into the Great Hall like this, looks forbidden. Do I see an entrance on my way around, like, if I'm just, like, poking around, like, when I was looking for the person? Do I see, like, an entrance look like most to a basement or anything? No, but I will say, Rook and Wintera, you do see a, a basement entrance as you make your way to the back. Alright, so that's all Brock has for his part, so why don't we do them? Sure. Uh, how are you guys going around back? Are you just taking a stroll or trying to be sneaky? Rook only has it in her to be sneaky. She's sneaking. Wintera will assist with the sneaking. Okay. Well, can you give me stealth checks, please? Alrighty, let's stealth this. I will cast Pass Without Trace also, since that's usually Wintera's MO on sneaking. That's how she would usually handle this with Saith and Arlo, so it would only make sense she would also do the same thing here. Absolutely. So, whatever you roll, add 10 to it, as long as you're within, I think it's 20 feet of Wintera? 30. 30? Okay. Damn, well then if, I mean, 
we are basically next to each other, so I could roll. If it's plus 10, I got a 35 total. I'm so stealthy. Your lowest roll with this right now is a 20. Sick. That was a 28 for me. So, Terry, you got a 28? Yeah. Okay. Also, do me a favor and roll the D100, please. Which one? Uh, that was from Terry. Ooh, yeah. Cast a spell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. 41. 41? Okay. Someone. Anyone you can see. I think the only person I can see is Rook, right? Well, you see some kids running around. She has some innocent children. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? Oh no! Yeah, right? Damn. Turn a random kid into a pie. <laughs> I'm gonna say if it's under a 10, it will be the kids. If it's above a 10, it'll be Rook. <laughs> oh fuck. That's a four? <laughs> it's a kid. <laughs> Alright, the kid that you uh, are looking at, watch the wild shape oh. into a sea cucumber. <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, you guys have druids too! That's cool! A couple of other kids start screaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, is that their first time? Oh, I remember the first time I had that happen. You two are just completely undetected, by the way. You're sitting there, oh, that's so sad, and everybody's running frantically around. One of the clerics comes up and, like, scoops up the sea cucumber and is like, uh, uh. <laughs> oh my god. That's awesome. Did Winterra feel like that was because of her, or just that it happened? So, you felt something go a little awry with your spell? And you sensed that, yeah, it was probably something you did, but not consciously, because you didn't do anything different. Okay. So, when Tara kind of looks at Rook, is like, why does the magic feel different here? Because it's messed up. The magic is messed up? Yeah. Uh, I'm not the magic person, so I'm not the right one to ask, but it's weird. Even I can do weird stuff. Rook just shrugs. I don't really have a great explanation for this. Interesting. But the kid will be probably fine. I mean, yes, when you when you wild shape, you can only stay like that for like an hour. So if that's what they did, then they should be okay if they can't figure out how to get back themselves. Yeah. Eh. So yeah, we can just uh, <laughs> keep, keep going. going. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what Rook's gonna do. Head on back towards, you said it was a gate? Well, so there's gates heading into the backyard, right? Yeah. And it's not like, you can see through it, it's like, it's iron fencing. It's not like a wall. Does that make sense? Yeah, and so we can totally see through it. Is it like a locked gate that we can't pass? It's about a chest high gate. Like, it's just... Oh! You can just kinda, whoop, and you're over. You oh, know? okay. It's a baby gate. So, to answer your question, yes, it is locked. But it's locked on the other side by one of those little pole things that you just slide to the side and it opens. Alright. Let's, let's say we, uh, Winterra, let's just, uh, hop this thing. Okay, that makes sense. You do not have to roll to hop the fence. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically what I want to look for is just see if there's any kind of, like, interesting landmark in this area. Just taking a general glance. Okay. So, I mean, it is a wide backyard. There is a shrine to Helm in one corner. There is a flower garden in another. 
like a playground set back there. There is a sandbox area with like little kids playing in it, making little miniature sandcastles. There is just to the side of like the gate where you enter, there is that door. You know the cellar doors, right? That open up. It's one of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is locked. There is a chain with a lock on it. And you just see kids playing back here. Usually when things are being hidden, they are behind locks. Or at least that's what my friend always says. So maybe if there is a door that has a lock on it, we should go there. I don't know if you're good at that or not. I'm I'm pretty good at that. Um, make sure no one's looking at me. And we're good. Does it look like anyone isn't looking in our general direction? I will say with whatever your passive perception is, nobody sees you as you are magically uh, <laughs> assisted in not being looked at. I think we should be okay. Alrighty, so I'm going to try and pick that lock then. Okay, roll it. That's a stealth or sleight of hand? I think it's thieves tools, isn't it? Thieves tools. So it should be the same as... I forgot, man. I feel like I haven't used thieves tools in like really years. What the heck's wrong with me? Yeah, you haven't broken into anywhere in a while. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, what am I doing? I... Th- it should be It should be for you a d20 plus your dexterity bonus plus your proficiency bonus. So it's plus nine total. Okay. Here we go. 21 total. Yeah, just without any trouble at all. It's a very basic lock. So you just pop it open and chains out of the way and you're able to just open the door and head down. Alrighty, where are we? <laughs> that was easy. I'm used to these things having me a lot of magic on them, so this seems really normal. So you head down there, and what you see is rows of, like, child-sized costumes. You see some toys and playhouses and stuff that's just kind of crammed into a corner. You see a bookshelf, and as you look on the bookshelf, there's like children's books on it, and just in general, it's like it's storage. Uh, I don't see anything very interesting here. Can we, like, take a look inside of any of the boxes and just see if there's anything that's not children's toys? Like, is there anything that looks more dusty than anything else, like it hasn't been touched in a while? Okay, sure. One of you roll with perception, the other roll with investigation. Oh, okay. I am better at perception than I am at investigation. I'm better at investigation. Sweet. Oh, nice. I got... I got, <laughs> got 11 for investigation. Okay. It's against me. I got a 23. Good job. So, Rook, you're kind of looking around. You just... It's a bunch of kids' stuff. As you keep looking, like, you do notice, like, there's... It's not all children's toys, but, like, there's also some stuff down here, like, religious-related. Like, there is... Like, there's one side of the cellar that is, like, religious stuff for count, holy symbols, and, like, some, some hymnals and stuff like that. With Terra, with a 23, you, do, you are able to, like, look around and you see there's some areas of the cellar that haven't really been messed with. With a 23 perception, you do notice there are some broods in the floor around the bookcase. Oh! Well, that's suspicious. And she kind of, like, calls Rick over. She's like, Look at this. What what do you think this means? Oh, dip. Let's let's pull this bookcase. Okay, I can do that. I can help. <laughs> you are shifting the bookcase. Uh, if it if it feels like it'll move, yeah. So there is some resistance to it, but Rook is helping you. So roll athletics and advantage. Okay. Okay. It would be so mean if Rook just stood back and watched. <laughs> Twenty-one. Okay. 
So the bookcase moves, but as it's moving, it slides to the side along a groove, and you get the sense of like something turning that's not supposed to be turning. And as you get like enough of a crack, you see that there is a mechanism that seems like it's designed to open the bookcase to the side itself. Okay. That you have now overpowered and kind of forced it to open anyway. You get the sense you've broken it. Okay. But you see a, a narrow hallway behind the bookcase, heading down. Can we fit through? Oh yeah, it is. Oh. It is like a single hallway that leads down into a single file staircase. I will say, Rintera, you notice as you're pushing this to the side, there's a lever-looking thing on the, the back of this bookshelf that keeps it from sliding all the way open. And as you reach to push that lever in, one of the books on the bookshelf, like, pokes out, like, you have to pull that book out, and that one's been triggered. But since you've already broken it, that's no longer needed. What a weird mechanic. Why would they have this push a book out? That doesn't make any sense. I, um, I was wondering something. Do you think it would be worth it for me to go back and get Brock an armbar before we go down? Oh, that would probably be good if all of us were there, in case for some reason we get stuck or something. Yeah. You stay here. I'll just go run up and get him. It's not like we're in a dangerous spot. I can just literally run. (laughs) Okay. I'll be right back. So roll one stealth check just to not be noticed as you leave the cellar. Sure. 23. You're fine. Yay. Without unnoticed. And with remarkably good timing, you make your way back to the front, right? As Brock and Armbar are done talking with the high priest and making their way back out. Awesome. Hey guys, um, tell me, uh, tell me about what you guys learned, but we did find something of interest in the back, so you should follow me. Alright, I'll tell you while we're on the way, and Brock gives the quick and dirty version of what they got while they're walking there. Awesome. Thanks for holding this, Wintera. Yep, no problem. She's like kind of like peeking while she's holding it open at some of the books on the bookshelf and just seeing if any of the kids' books look interesting. <laughs> Neat. So you have such classics as ABCs by Aaron the Aarakocra, Little Johnny Bugbear, Aww. <laughs> Bedtime Stories in Helm Scriptures, and other such great appropriate literature. When Tara will actually take little Johnny Bugbear and she's going to put it in her bag. Okay. She looks she looks kind of sad and a little stressed out as she does it, but like this look of like, I'm taking this is on her face. You have a gently used copy of little Johnny Bugbear. We'll see how Jordan feels about that when I bring it up. <laughs> that is a hip problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm not going to overdo all the stealth rolls. You're all down there in the basement. You see this long hallway that eventually turns into a staircase leading down. I think we followed the hallway. Oh, I know not all people are good at seeing in the dark. Are you guys good at seeing in the dark? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I'm not, but I'll just hold on Bar's hand. Give it to your boss. And Brock just usually takes Armbar's hand and follows. Okay. So, you guys make your way down the stairs. I uh, just head down the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm making your way down. The third step from the bottom. There's a click as you step on. And you watch as all of the stairs recede. Like they are receding backwards into the wall. Oh, so it's a drop? Like a ramp? Well, you guys are near the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. And it starts at the top. They start receding in. So it is now a sheer wall. Gotcha. Uh, that seems like a problem for later. Hope someone's got rope. We might be climbing. We're D&D characters. Everyone's got 50 feet of rope. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're born with it. <laughs> I do not have, like, a <laughs> I have flying animals. We'll be fine. <laughs> As you're down here, you see rows and rows of books. Okay. This seems like a much more well-kept library. It's filled with holy tomes of all sorts of varieties. I say rows and rows of books. It is not massive like the Temple of Augments, right? It is more like you walked into the private library of someone. So there's a lot, but it's not endless, right? There does seem to be a desk that is designed for writing and copying with like ink quills and pins and everything there that you would need uh, with a stack of parchment next to it. One wall just is solid scroll cases all along it. What you do? Well, armbar's useless here. Brock says, this is like the fourth biggest library I've seen this week. My head's getting dizzy with all these books. Brock actually pulls out the copy of ABCs by Aaron Aracopra that he picked them that they passed by. Like, here you go, champ. There's bookmore your level. <laughs> oh, perfect. You're always looking out for me, boss. Yeah... This isn't my my thing. Usually, usually bookworm looks at things like this, or honestly, anyone else. This I have not much help with a lot of book stuff. Well, I don't think we're looking for a book anyway. We're looking for where they would hide the key. So maybe the desk or inside a book. I think the desk is a good idea. I'll check it for traps. Okay, roll perception to see the trap if it's there. Okay. Perception roll was 11. Does not seem correct. And now I'm gonna touch it. <laughs> Are there any drawers? Oh yeah, there's three doors on the right, and then there's like that center drawer underneath the spot where you do the writing. Oh yeah, let's do the center drawer. It rattles, it does not open, it is locked. God damn it. Where's the lock? Like, where's the keyhole? It's just that little spot, it's the little... Use the writing desk before, right? Like, are you? Yeah. Okay. I. Yeah. 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 The little hole. Yeah. Okay. I can lockpick that. Yes, you can. I'm gonna try it. Lockpick it. Oh my god. Okay. I can't believe that. What the hell? You jam the lock (laughs) so that it does not turn. You actually have your lockpick kind of broken off inside there. Incredible. It's not the only lockpick you have. It's just, yeah. Yeah, and it's all in that one. <laughs> so here we go, 2D100. Oh, jeez, 57 and 20. Oh, boy, I'm gonna need your help. Okay, so, until I tell you otherwise, you cannot roll above a 15. Ooh. Okay. Ooh, 15 is now the highest you can roll, and no longer roll in that 20. Oh, damn. For how long? You don't know. Until he says otherwise. Ah! So you jammed the lock. <sighs> so is life. Yeah. And I'm asking Armbar very nicely. Armbar, would you mind ripping this drawer out? Oh, the must! As he, like, stretches his arms and clicks his, his fingers. <laughs> and then I'm gonna try to rip it open. Okay, roll that for the <laughs> 16. Oh, yeah. You guys hear a snap as the metal inside that's holding it shut? It's just that little metal bar, right? It's not even... Like, you just... It tears through the top of the wood. Our bar, you now have the drawer in your hand. It is completely wrecked. It's not going to go back in. But you got it. <laughs> Ain't nothing but a peanut. 
There is some more writing utensils in there and a small book. Mm, don't know how to use any of these. Here you go, Rook. I'm sorry, what did you say was in it? Sorry. Some more writing utensils and a small book. Uh, the book does have, like, a crest of helm on the cover. Well, it's got right. pictures in it. You can count me out. <laughs> I'm just going to flip through it. I mean, what kind of book is it? Okay. Uh, it looks to be a prayer book, but as you open it, There's a kid. it flies up out of your hand and hovers. Oh, damn. Guys, do you see this? One of the pages you open to had a glyph in it. Do books normally fly here? No. <laughs> I'm going to try to catch it. Okay, you roll athletics. 18. Okay, so I mean, you catch it. It is trying to fly up, but you have a good grip on it. Can I just, like, close it? And does that stop it? Close the book? Sure. Uh, You close the book, it stops trying to fly away. Let's try not to open it to that page. Got it. Should we give it to Brock, or...? Yeah. Yeah, let's give it to you, boss. Alright, Brock wants to roll Arcana to see if he knows what that glyph is doing besides making it fly. Roll Arcana. That is a 5, plus it doesn't matter. Ah, <laughs> uh, correct. It does not matter. <laughs> Alright, so Brock saw roughly where the page was of the glyph. He's going to take the book and try flipping past it by just taking a chunk of pages and flipping toward the middle. Okay. Flip towards the middle, and the pages snap back open to that page, and the book starts trying to fly up again. Can I roll, like, some sort of check to see if I hold on to the book since I knew it was going to do that? Sure. I will let you roll as a reaction athletics at advantage because you prepared for it. That's a nat one. Heaven help me. Oh, my gosh. gosh. And then 14 plus, you said athletics? Yes. Zero, so 14. Okay. Well, so you dodged that one. 14 is not good enough as it slips out of your grasp. Oh, no. Flying away from Armbar this time. (laughs) It flips open to that page. The glyph sparks, and you watch a portal open. Oh my god. Stepping through it, you see a very powerful-looking angelic figure, wielding a radiant flaming blade. Mmm! Okay. Glowing golden eyes. He says, why have you broken into this sanctum? Who's closest to Winterra? Oh. I think it's probably Rook, because I think Armbar and Brock were side by side. Okay. When Tara eyes the flaming sword and immediately hides behind Rook. Legit. Who's asking? I am a servant of hell. I have been tasked with guarding this place. Why have you come? Awesome, awesome. So, Sirik is holding our friend hostage, and we're trying to figure out how to get our friend back without releasing Sirik. His eyes fixate on you. He says, I appreciate that you are an accomplished liar. No, bro- above game, Brock was planning on double-crossing this guy. Okay. Like, Brock's not actually going to release a god of chaos if he can help it. Like, <laughs> Sure. <laughs> and what has Sirik asked of you? He wants one of the keys that will unlock his chains. And what happens if you do not give it to him? He won't give us our friend back, and he won't return uh, this one to her friends. He uh, is holding two people hostage, basically. The angel faces with Terra says... You are not from this place. No, no, no. What would you do if you gained this key? The, the, the key is the only way to get back, and I have to get back. I have to get back. I have to see my brother. And she's, like, not making eye contact with this angel creature at all. Okay. She is, she is fully using Rook as a shield. She is so uncomfortable. <laughs> At this point, Brock says to the uh, angelic person, 
we, now we know the gods are silent. We don't know what's going on in Celestia. We don't know who to turn to that can help us get Sirek to release our friend and return our new friend home. Unfortunately, the gods are silent because they have a battle of their own to tend to. They will not help you. I cannot tell you the location of this key. I am sorry, but you may have to stay here. He is speaking now towards the terror. I can't stay here. I cannot tell you where this key is or allow you to pursue it. Why not? Because it binds one of the most evil beings in existence. But it's it's one of the keys. That's what that's what everyone's been saying. Yes. So would this key be the only thing holding him? No, you would need the other eight as well. So then what does us giving him one key do? It it's one of eight. He still needs the other eight. He can't go anywhere. Well correct. But only a fool would bind the god of trickery with only one chain. I have to get home. I have to get home. I'm <sighs> The keys are iron, so they're immune to divination magic. Would he recognize it from a fake? He would recognize it the moment he tried it. Well, we wouldn't give it back to him until we had it until we had our friend switch, so I'm willing to try tricking the guy trickery if you can help us do it. Do you really think he's gonna let us go once he finds out that his key didn't work? Well, the thing he asked us to do was just to bring it to him. But he's the god of trickery. Exactly. Just how we're gonna backstab him, he could easily just as well backstab us. That's not kosher, Jabroni. You are free to try to trick him. I cannot tell you the location of the actual key. So, does Brock have any idea what this thing is? Roll me a religion check. I will tell you out of the gate you're looking for a 22. Yeah, no, that would have needed to have been a natural 20 for that to work, so it doesn't matter. I rolled a 14. Is there anything you can do to help us? I can let you leave here with your lives if you promise, sincerely, not to pursue the true key, no matter what you find. Brock looks to Wintera. This is more her decision than his. I don't know if she could sincerely make that promise right now. Because <laughs> that key is currently the only thing that she knows about that could get her home. So what do you say to him? I can't make that promise. I have to find... I have to find it. I have to get home. I have to get home to my family. My brother... That I cannot achieve. Oh. And he is going to brandish his weapon against you. I need you all to roll initiative. Goddamn. Uh, question. Is he clad in anything? Not really. It's more of like this white toga-looking thing. Okay. He has wings, so like he can't wear torso. Anyway. Yeah, I was just trying to gauge because like he has the flame and sword. I'm like, how much? I know the not one on initiative. Is that a wild magic roll? It, it is. Yeah. Oh. Nice. And Kenny, I was going to tell you, I was going to elect to roll at disadvantage because that is what I would usually do in this situation too, since she is currently freaking the heck out. Oh yeah, he is pointing the, the flaming blade at Winterra. So go ahead and roll a disadvantage. What'd you get, Brock? 41 and 87. 41 and 87. So you cannot remember anyone's name for the next hour. Oh, Great. No. But I have all my other memories, right? Like, Ironbar's just like, hey, big muscly friend guy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, it's literally just every time you try to remember their name, it's like, you remember a name, but you know it's the wrong one. <laughs> It's like that one coworker, like you know them, but like you can't remember which one of your six coworkers' names they are. Yes, but like I, you're the coworker that like works out a lot. I got this. Hey, okay. you. Like I know we all <laughs> have that experience where like they, somebody tells you their name and you have. Immediately-
immediately just forget it and you can't mm-hmm. just like ask him again. <laughs> you don't want to feel like an asshole about it. Like that's <laughs> that's your life right now. <laughs> okay, initiative rolls. Brock, you got a one. What is that actually? Oh, I have my proficiency to that, right? Your dex bonus. Actually. Dex bonus. Okay, my dex bonus is plus two, so three. Okay. With Tara. Eighteen. Okay. And Rook. Fifteen. Okay. So Wintera and then Rook, go first. Oh boy. How much room is down here? Uh, it's about a 40 by 40 room. Okay. With like bookshelves built into the walls and then some freestanding bookshelves in there. Okay. Wintera will attempt to conjure animals. Okay. What are you conjuring? Let's go with four black bears. Four black bears? Yes. And because she's a circle of shepherd druid, they get extra HP. So instead of their normal 19, they have 25. Okay, cool. So you have three black bears, is that correct? Four. Four, gotcha. And All right. do you want me to roll their own initiative? Uh, I will let them go on the same turn as you, starting next round. Okay, and that's her main action. And then as a bonus action, spirit totem. And she is going to conjure horror hawk spirit. For her, it's not actually a hawk. For her, it's an eagle. And so there's a corporeal eagle, first of all, that's just kind of floating within this circle of 60 feet of just general like magic area and just kind of chilling. It's not like an extra creature. But the actual effect of that is that when a creature makes an attack roll against a target in the spirit's aura, I can use my reaction to grant advantage on that attack roll. And me and allies have advantage on perception checks while we're in the aura. Cool. Okay, so there are now four black bears in this tiny little room. It's cramped. You can still move. Uh, you can pretty much assume, Rook, for the sake of your sneak attack, there is always something adjacent to this thing. <laughs> we are um, flanking the heck out of it. Oh yeah, it is. It's, it's like, you know those like cinnamon roll tubes that you have to pop open? <laughs> yeah. That's the bears in this room right now. That's so funny. Oh, shit. And Kenny, I hate to ask, but do I need to make another roll now? Let me check. You do. <laughs> okay. Let's use these dice instead. Because the other ones keep giving me interesting results. 45? 45. Okay. Well, you only had uh, three options that did this. You're kidding, Kenny. <laughs> you immediately gain a fire breath attack. As an action, you may breathe a 60-foot line of fire that deals 3d8 damage to all creatures in that line. If they fail a DC 15 saving, you may use that as an action on each of your turns, and you must use it immediately. Oh no. Oh no. Pointed <laughs> at the ceiling. And Rook is in front of me. I know. I feel like I have the urge to do this, and I can look up, or I have to do it, and I'm already looking at this thing. You can aim it, but you're doing it. Like, you sense it just enough to be like, I have to aim something. Like a sneeze. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah, I'll aim it up. Okay. I will say because the angel is kind of floating, you can aim it up and still get the angel if you would like to. Or you you can also aim it away if you would like to. Whatever you want to do. He's only really scary to Winterra because of the fire weapon. Yeah, I think she'll just kind of aim it at the ceiling. Because she's more, she's more defensive right now than she is like actually like wanting to attack him. Okay. So you don't actually hit him. You breathe fire at the ceiling. 
the ceiling is made of stone and does not really take fire damage. So there's there's like a charred ring on the ceiling where like the fire skitters across it, but then it just immediately goes out. But for about like three seconds, you're sitting there just exhaling flames like you see Arlo do all the time. Not all the time, but you know. You've seen him do it before. She's just going to crouch and cry. <laughs> crouch and cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, the dice are telling their own story. This is awesome. Okay, so that's when Tara's turn. Yep. Rook, you're up. Okay. I want to disengage from where I am to kind of yes. dodge behind a bear. <laughs> so that I can shoot <laughs> shoot from behind a bear. From my double cross. You are now crouching behind a bear butt. Yes, exactly. Perfect. Are you shooting at the angel? <laughs> yeah, I'm shooting at the angel at this point, yeah. Okay, roll of attack. I rolled eight. Well, that's not gonna do it. I didn't think so, but <laughs> I can roll with my, um, my off hand, my other bow. Okay, I will say you didn't have to disengage because you weren't next to him. So go ahead and roll again, because that felt really bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. I appreciate it. I got a 12. That's not very good either. Rook is just getting warmed up. Yeah, your arrows fly by him. Uh, he notices that you've taken shots at him, but, yeah, you know. It's a distraction. Sure. From <laughs> what? Well, I don't know. <laughs> the, the angel is feeling kind of cramped, so he's going to take his massive flaming sword going to swing it at one of the bears. That is 15 on the die, which translates to a 30 to hit. Yeah, that definitely hits. Yep. The damage that is going to do... I don't like how many that sounds like. Uh, it kills a bear. It kills a bear. Okay. It just swipes it out of existence. It's going to take another attack on another bear. Same roll. How much HP do your bears have? 25. It's another bear gone. And he hovers there. You now have two conjured bears. Or evens or odds, actually. Evens. The bear that you were crouching behind poops out of existence. <laughs> oh, great. But there's a little more breathing room in this library. <laughs> the angel looks over to you, Wintera. I recognize that you are innocent in all of this. I cannot let you steal the key from its resting place. What else are we supposed to do? I'll have a satisfactory answer. You must stay here in order to preserve how things are. I believe it is armbar now. Okay. okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to talk to the is it like an angel thing? Yeah, it is an angel. Okay. And just say like Can Helm make like a fake key that we can bring back to trick him with? To trick the trickster god? I do not have the skill to make a fake key that would trick him. And he would know it is a fake the moment he tried it. I'm gonna turn to Brock and look at him and kind of like, without him, without the, the angel hearing, he's like, I don't think we can beat this guy, boss. I don't think it can happen. We better get out of here. I don't suppose you'd spare us because I have a tablet of fake in my basement that'll blow up if we don't fix it. My task is to stop you from seeking that key. It must stay with its keeper. Well, Armbar, he's not giving us a lot of choice here. I think we just have to fight him. Alright, that's what you want, boss. And I'm gonna summon Scruzzle and Natch. Okay. Two llamas replace the two bears that just got 
or not not llamas, alpacas, right? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so the two camels appear in the spaces. <laughs> Scruzzle and Match, these ethereal, spectral alpacas appear where the two bears just disappeared from. What would you like to do? I'm going to jump on Scruzzle and ride him into battle. <laughs> okay. Well, you're able to ride him about two feet. <laughs> you look really cool when you do it. That's right. <laughs> we're going to go raging, and we're swinging at the angel with the great axe. Okay. I got a 14. Uh, that's not going to hit. All right. I don't think at this time I have an extra attack. Do I? We're level Dude, five, we're level so you do. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's level five. I'll try again. 18. Still not going to hit, but at least you broke it Darn. this time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I gave you the best of ch- as I could have. <laughs> Rock. Rock's like, hey, Sirik, I don't suppose you can help out with this. No response. <laughs> Worth a shot. Hey, big guy, question for you. What's going on? No, not not you, the guy with the flaming <laughs> sticky thing. <sighs> the angel, now understanding that you're speaking to him and not Armbar, regards you silently. Did it hurt when you fell from heaven and he casts vicious mockery on him? But he's going to also use his sullen words to use Bardic Inspiration to reduce your saving throw by six. By six? Yep. So that brings his saving throw down to a 20. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was what Brock had. Okay. We are back up to Winterra. You have two bears and yourself. She's sort of like... She's currently in the fetal position, like, crouched down and just crying horrifically at the fact that she just breathed fire, and that did not feel good. So she's, like, looking at this angel and sobbing, and she's begging, basically. I don't even know how I got here. I just woke up, and I'm supposed to be waiting till I can go home so I can see my brother for the first time because he's been dead for 20 years. I don't... I don't know what else to do. I just want to get back home to my family. I kill you here. Your spirit can return. I will make sure that Diana sits in where it needs to be. Are you doing anything with your action? I don't really think I have anything that could hit him or really save me. I mean, I could turn one of us, if I get rid of my bears, into Brock's favorite thing ever, Paul's favorite thing ever, and do the T-Rex, but we definitely wouldn't be able to fit down here with a T-Rex. We would just smush him into the walls in oblivion, which I guess is a possibility of force damage. Yeah, there would be some force damage to everyone involved, but you could do it. No, I don't, I don't actually think I have anything that I can do on my action, but I am going to make the bears have a defensive stance over me, and just sort of regard this angel and add, what would happen if he got out? I don't know. Nothing good. He told us where he'd go. Did he now? Yes, to the plane of order. He wants to go to the place that is the least chaotic because he thinks they need some chaos. That doesn't strike you as a problem. I feel like if there's anyone who's going to be able to combat the god of chaos, it would be the realm of order. Regardless, it is my task to stop you. So would Terry, you're just taking a defensive stance? Basically, yeah, because I I don't think that at this point, with all the fire going on, she could get up, even if she wanted to. She would have to get dragged out of here. Okay. Brooke, what are you doing? Brooke's having a hard time justifying fighting an angel right now. 
Mainly because the angel actually is not li literally attacking so much right now. It just has a very, very specific purpose. And I don't think the key's here. Did anybody else hear what I heard, which was that it's with a keeper? Yeah. So we should be looking for a person, and I don't think it's this angel. Or Yeah, but we have to tell the angel that we promised we're not going to go get the key, and I'm pretty sure that they can see through Brock lying, even if I... Wait, I don't think he's going to let me roll it. The angel has a specific ability. It knows the clears a lot. I'm just thinking escape rather than attack. So... Yeah, well, escaping involves grappling hooking up that stairwell, which we won't be doing with a flaming sword angel chases us. Maybe I'd like to spend my turn more like looking around, uh, sort of like um, strategizing the escape, so to speak. Like... Okay, what are you... Just looking for a way out? Yeah. But I'm not gonna move. Okay. So roll... Perception or investigation, your choice. 18 total investigation. Okay. I'll say with that, you get looking around. I'll go ahead and give you this. There is what looks to be some kind of button on the underside of the desk where you pulled the drawer out from. And you think you might take the staircase back. Okay, cool. Did this take up... Would I be able to get to the desk? I will let you do that. That was your action to check. Yes. I will let you use your movement item interaction to get over there and press it. Alright, sick. Do I have to roll anything? Nope, just move over there. Hell yeah, I did it! <laughs> I pressed it. Click, and you all hear as the stairs start sliding back out of the wall. Alright, guys. <laughs> so, it is now the angel's turn. I need everyone to give me a dexterity saving throw. Oh, shit. Ooh. Scruzzle matching the bears don't bother. Scruzzle matching the bears don't bother. 15 plus oh, 5, my lord. a dirty 20. Okay. I got a crappy roll. I got 10. So, Tyler. I have advantage on dexterity saving throws. Yep, because you can see it. Which means that isn't that 20 for you, Tyler. Oh, boy. Roll 2d100. 17 and 91. Ooh, 91 sounds spicy. Let's go. Is it 17 and 91? Correct. <laughs> um, Great. So, one of these is hysterical, but not helpful. So, we're going to go with the one that's helpful, as sad as it makes me. You go uh, into a persistent rage. Oh. <laughs> it does not hit. <laughs> Alright. So, when Kara, you said you rolled a 23? Yep. Which, um, you know how you said the, the not 20 fairy dice, Kenny? That's, uh, that's what that was. Yeah. You roll a nat 20? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> well, well, you 100 then. 12 and 18. A spectral purple turtle shell grows over you. For the duration of this turtle shell being there, which you can't make it go away, it's just there. Whenever you are targeted by a spell, roll 1d4. Not a 4, the shell negates the spell. Oh. This is for all spells, good and bad. Oh. Okay. So, uh, let's like go ahead and roll a d4. 3. Doesn't negate it. If you passed, so I, guess, I think that's just you, Winkara, actually. Well, what was the DC Brock had, Brock had during 20? I didn't pass, I got a 22. DC was 23. Oh my god. Okay, that's what I'm checking on. So a pass takes 28 points of radiant and fire damage. A fail takes 56. Brock's down. I'm down. Well, I have relentless endurance. Oh, you're at one hit point then. I'm at one HP. 
Okay. Like I say, Scruzzle and Madge, the bears, they're gone. Rook, are you down? Yes. Okay. The angel then lets go of his sword, which is now floating by itself as the sword takes a swing at Lintera. Amazingly rolls in that one, but then rolls stupid high. <laughs> How much hit points do you have, Lintera? 18. You're down. Well, great. So, for expediency's sake, Armbar, do you have any answers right now for this? My only answer was trying to load everybody quickly on the alpacas and ride them up the stairs. Okay, so the angel kills you all. Ah, okay. Barna Cafe. (laughs) So, thanks for playing. Not really. You all wake up as though you've just fallen out of bed. Basement of the Bard Rock Cafe. Armbar, you're looking around, you all remember getting killed by the angel, and you notice a full cup of coffee and cream mixed. Uh, guys? I, I thought we just died, but my coffee is still hot. What do you think's going on? I think the trickster god may have given us more of a boon than he let on. You're all here, just in the back of your minds. You have one day. I am very much not a fan of this. This is not, this is not okay. Are you saying that we went back to earlier today when we got back to the Bard Rock? It sure looks that way. Ugh. Oh, man. Hello. When did you get here? Hi. You all look up and there's Felix peeking down from the ceiling. I've been here all night. I don't recall you guys coming in. Where have you been? Cyric brought us into Pandemonium and recruited us to get a key for him, and he put us in a time loop, so we already had this conversation once yesterday. I... Are you serious? Hi, Felix. You probably don't know my name. My name is Wintera. We've met already. Uh, right. Actually, I'll tell you what. What do I do, Wintera? Like, when we first meet, or eventually? I mean, as a profession, what do I do? Cats. Everything cat. Well, I'm convinced. I have no questions whatsoever. Ah, right. Well, I actually was in attendance to the the bard off last night, so I saw that you contacted your god, Brock. And so, uh, I am inclined to believe that you may be in contact with other gods. Is this something you have regular happenings with? My life's been really weird this past week, but today actually takes the cake, probably. What exactly does Sirik want from you? He wants us to steal the key to unlock one of the chains that's binding him. Uh, when we went through this loop yesterday, we went to the Church of Helm? Is it Helm? Yes. Yep. We went to the Church of Helm and found a book that had a guardian in it that killed us for having the audacity to try and get these keys. Ah. You find any useful information? The key is being kept by some sort of keeper, and that's all we know. I see. Well, I can't help you with the key, but keepers, I can help you. There are only so many powerful enough in Waterdeep and in service to the Blackstaff to be called keepers. They are members of Force Grey, so they answer only to the Open Lord herself. Do I know what those are? All of you have been in Waterdeep long enough to know, like, Force Grey is special forces, basically. Okay. Force Grey is when an adventuring party gets strong enough. Pretty much across the board, they are offered a spot in Force Grey unless they are just reprehensible. And the strongest of Force Grey become keepers. Mm. Okay. Well, 
This is fast. I only know of a few peoples. I know that there is Dernan, who runs the Yonam Portal. I know that there is Mert, a retired adventurer. And I do believe you've met one. Diana is also a peep. Oh, the angel mentioned Diana. Did he not? I think we have our lead. Let's go for it. I do believe that you do. Are you sure we should see this person? He did say that she would take my soul back when he killed us the first time. Diana's a friendly druid, and uh, she's oh. helped us in the past. I think we're fine. I think he literally meant she's also a gravekeeper. I think he meant more of like a, I will guide your soul because you're dead kind of thing. That does make sense. Oh. Okay. Well, best of luck. I, uh, I'll tell you what. Go see what Diana has to say. And then check in with me. I'm going to see if I can make some use of you in these loops. If you get some information that I need, then you can just pass it along when you get out of this. How about that? Everyone wants something out of us today, sure. Wonderful. That's why I love you so much, bro. Alright. Ta-ta. Best of luck to you both. To all of you. He like, snaps his fingers and disappears and triggers wild magic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> is it the same wild magic triggers last time? Yes, actually, Winterra. <laughs> no, what, was, what was it last time? Me. They switched voices. We switched voices. Winterra right. and Arvar, we switched voices. You're right. Come on, guys, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And Brock leads the way onto Diana's. He remembers from last time. So, thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you in another, the next half of this crossover episode. Okay. You listen to Bard Rock Cafe. Get on to sassygamers.com and listen to more episodes. And become a patron. I'll read your cards. Do it. Patreon.com slash Bard Rock Cafe. Till next time.